Hi, I'm Farah. And I'm Toby. And you're listening to Minority Retort. This week we're discussing my pick, 500 Days of Summer. It was released in 2009 and follows the beginning and end of a relationship through the eyes of Tom, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and and his love interest... The titular Summer. The titular (laughs) Summer, yes. Just to issue a spoiler alert, we we assume that you've watched the movies as we spoil all the major plot details. So if you haven't watched them, would like to come back to us later. Okay, so Toby, I picked this film. Mm-hmm. Obviously, at some point, I had enjoyed it in my life. I don't know <laughs> if I feel the same way. Oh man, it's but okay. what was your initial reaction? Because you've never seen it before. Yeah, so um, I hadn't seen it before, but I'd heard a lot about it. I just keep seeing the poster at different places, like in magazines or oh yeah, online. absolutely. I don't know why, but um, I saw it and I, I liked it quite a bit. I didn't love it, but um, I definitely did enjoy it. The thing is, some of these. All of these movies we've seen before, we want to revisit, which is one of the reasons we picked them. What made you want to go back to this one? Well, I I remember you had come back to me with this huge list of movies that you were like really excited to watch. And I realized that I kind of pegged myself as like the mainstream girl. But let's be honest, a lot of mainstream movies, yeah. especially if you're, you know, if you're me, they're mm. actually kind of shitty. So I actually just went through Rotten Tomatoes and was like, OK, what are all the movies that got? A really good mark, and yeah. and did I did I enjoy them at the time? And Five Hundred Days of Summer was that. Um, Do you remember what the score was? Was it like eighty or something? Oh, it probably was in the nineties, actually. Oh, really? I mean, it was one of those, and that's why I was surprised because it was one of those movies that yeah, it was really, really beloved. Yeah, it was beloved, and it actually had a huge impact on culture, mm. like the infamous elevator scene when they both listen to the Smiths, for example. Definitely, yeah, that's definitely <sighs> a scene that has had this a hundred iterations since then. Yeah. Uh, and also Zooey Deschanel um, in that role became one of the prototypes for the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, yeah. which is, I think the the whole concept has run its course by now. But yeah. that was one of the impetuses for right. that. Actually, I was thinking about that when I watched, was watching this movie and I was just wondering, is she really a Manic Pixie Dream Girl? I, I think we can. I think one of the things I want to talk about is the characters, because yeah. on rewatching it now that I'm older, a little bit wiser, it really struck me how the characters weren't the kind of they weren't the kind of protagonist that you're used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of the criticism I see um, is really directed towards the character of Summer. Mm. But um, when I watched it this time, I actually found Tom's character as well to be a little bit just someone I wouldn't want to date and someone I wouldn't run, really oh, yeah. want to open I, up to. I think the film was, uh, in my opinion, the film was not very shy about painting him in a way that was not extremely favorable, you know? But I don't know if the film knew that. One of the things I had a problem yeah. with was that he slut shamed like no one's business. He was worried that Summer was, you know, hooking up with someone over the weekend or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, A, who cares? Yeah. You're both single. Yeah. You did not ask her out. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, you can't, you, you don't know whether the movie is thinking that or whether it's just showing him doing that. Because the film is very subjective. The, the way the film is. Yeah. Is, it's is all formally, about subjectivity. Formally, it's just a mishmash of different styles. Yeah. But I think the weird slut shaming yeah. thing is completely in line with the filmmaker's vision which is a little bit disturbing like well i think i think you're right in that sense and because i think i read somewhere or heard somewhere that this this movie was based somewhat on someone's experience that's why i think that even though the filmmaker is kind of wryly looking back at this naive part of his life the things like calling summer like a whore and what did he say the thing is that's a character and it's hard to separate sometimes yeah, but that is so unlike i mean that is just, yeah but you can't that's not but like I, I don't think i i would, I would hate it if, if if films could not portray people saying abhorrent things just because it wasn't nice. I mean, Mm. if that's what the character would say, that's what the character would say. I have 
had a summer in my life. Yeah. And in fact, at the very end of this movie, I was like, no way. I mean, this is, ex- I was reliving emotions that yeah, I had yeah. felt with that summer. Yeah. But I just couldn't relate to him. Yeah, and I yeah. wish I could have. I yeah. wish I could have put myself in his okay. shoes. But I couldn't because he was just, he was a terrible person uh, yeah, for, well, for just, a girl to date. My question to you would be, can you take yourself back to when you first saw it and tell me what you felt then and how it's different to what you feel now? I suppose the difference is that when I first saw it, I saw him as the protagonist and I didn't see Summer as somebody who was particularly insensitive Mm -hmm. or mean. I just saw it as like, oh, it didn't work out and um, that's really sad and I love the way it played with timelines to see how we don't always know what's happening in our relationships, how we're not always in tune with the other person because we're so wrapped up in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the real points of this movie is that he could not see all the ways that Summer was suffering and all the kind of psychological, there's a lot of psychological crap in her life because he was so focused on himself. And then the way it's told is so beautiful. The Mm -hmm. melding of sort of form and function of the movie is great. But when I when I looked back on it, I think maybe with a bit of experience, I started to feel more keenly how each of them had treated each other and feel frustrated at, at how it happened and why it happened. And I didn't look up to them in a way. Mm. Like, I remember looking at Summer's house when I was younger and being like, this is beautiful. Mm. Like, this is the kind of house I want. And now I'm like, I know girls like that. <laughs> Whatever. I don't I, I don't idealize them anymore. Yeah, yeah, and also yeah. my experience of culture, I mean, their vision, both of them, of kind of what it is to be cool and to be cultured is so laughable to me. Now. <laughs> was it at the time? Was it in any way new or fresh? Because yeah. we're talking about movie songs that I music that had existed for 20 years already. <laughs> I think it's this idea of whiteness and I and I yeah. think this movie is incredibly white. Like okay. so, The Smiths, for example, mm-hmm. uh, The Smiths wouldn't rank anymore before I. Love right. the Smiths, still, I I do love The Smiths, but it's not. You've you've moved on. <laughs> I've, yeah, I guess. And that's what I, the movie felt kind of dated. Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. And also, I just don't think it was a very multicultural movie. Like, mm-hmm. I remember I was watching the dance scene mm-hmm. when I was rewatching the movie, and I was like, wow, like, this is such a multicultural city, and yet none of their friends or their coworkers or anybody reflects mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't strike me as unusual that people would know only people who are white. Whether or not that makes the film less relevant to other people, other groups is. Is debatable. The things that really drew me were more the ideas of how how it is that romance or being tied to someone defines an individual. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think all of that stuff that I'm complaining about is really just me not liking the characters as much as I did before. But the emotional core of the movie and the way it tells it, I think, is is really strong. It hasn't it's, al- it's almost like icing on a cake, except the icing is really shit, but the cake is still delicious. <laughs> I think that's the way I see I, it. I eat cake for the icing, so <laughs> to me, I'd say the icing was great and the cake was shit. Whatever was shit and whatever is great I, I agree that there, there's a really strong sense of storytelling and a really I guess still empathized and really mm. enjoyed the way they depicted it mm, mm. really the the movie set up as this battle between two approaches to romance and by extrapolation life one person Tom is this idealist he doesn't say it, but intrinsically he's the kind of person who believes in the one Summer is more pragmatic probably maybe more realistic perhaps she she does not seem to be to prescribe to the idea that you that your love is sequestered you know that that your love is sort of in mm. pockets that you can okay if i'm giving your love my love to you well sorry you can't have it you know she seems to think that love can be a lot broader and spread out a lot more oh. you know and this movie reminds me a little bit of a movie by agnes Varda called la bonheur and it's about this guy who has a mistress and a wife and the thing is the movie is interesting in the sense that there is no conflict because he doesn't allow there to be conflict he's never mm. torn between any of them he says i love you both and i think that the problem with tom is he doesn't buy that i, I know the movie's build to be about 
an idealist and a realist. Mm-hmm. But I don't actually think Summer embodies any kind of realistic no. uh, vision of somebody who is very open and fluid with It's, it's only relatively realistic compared to Tom. With my, like... Um, experience of people who want that kind of free and open relationships yeah. I think the most important thing is that you know you respect the people you're with and you communicate yeah, with them yeah. and I think the movie almost goes out of its way to portray Summer as someone who does not let in Tom at all like she is actually the worst communicator in the world I mean she sort of at the end of the movie when he finds out that she's engaged I mean mm. how can you not mention that you're in a relationship mm. in that circumstance so Summer is no more a realist than Tom is I think yeah but I think they're equally flawed in different ways the, I think that's I, I, the thing that they're actually just two yeah. very flawed people which is like everyone else everybody right. like everybody right. I mean I think it's weird because this movie I cannot separate the fact that this movie is from his point of view the movie is called 500 mm. Days of Summer not 500 Days of Us he really wants to define their relationship he's obsessed with it you know he can't deal with the fact that they're just hanging out and seeing where things going, he, are going he wants to know what she is to him what is your role in my life and I think that she may or may not be interested in giving that a title but I think that it brings out in her a, 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 a taciturnity and she doesn't know how to respond to someone like that I know but I feel like if you want that then don't be with someone like that the way I see it is that yeah you know I'm totally down with people who are like I don't want to label I don't want anything but Mm. labels aren't really just labels you know you cannot say that the label of boyfriend Mm. is something that um, is completely useless. I mean, yeah. th- what the label signifies is I'm interested in a bunch of people, but you're actually, this relationship is more important than my interest in all these other people yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. going to commit to you in yeah, some way, yeah. right? So when somebody says, uh, I want to know, like, are you my girlfriend? They're not saying like, I want this label so I can like put it on put it on a billboard somewhere. What they're saying is, I want to know that, is this relationship enough for you to work at? Is this relationship enough for you to, you know, sacrifice things yeah. for? And if it's not, don't that's be in great, it. That's great, but that's the thing about the movie is that the movie from the beginning as I mentioned pitches him as an idealist so it peppers right. it, it taints the way we see his reactions what you said is completely valid but in his point of view it may be more than that it may be more about him really trying to his life or his romance in yes. a way that fits yes. an idea of romance that he liked I completely see what you're saying yeah. and that it's not actually about Summer I mean Summer might be flawed or she might not be flawed but it's really an examination of his decisions and yeah. I see how he becomes disillusioned and he needs to sort of rebuild what do you like least about him? well I think Tom is someone who wanted that but was actually really disconnected from what Summer wanted. So when she, for example, was crying during The Graduate and he asked what's wrong and she goes, oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. You know, that's when you're like, no, really, let's go and have coffee and please tell me what's wrong. You're crying. And I also remember when she was talking about what was that the story that she never told? Anyone else? I remember. Oh, anyway, she tells the story, right? And mm. it's really sad. And then she goes, oh, I never told this to anyone else. And rather than engage with the story and what it says about her, his first reaction is, oh, I guess I'm not anyone else then. So everything she does is a reflection of how important he is and, and about yeah. his role in his life and yeah. her life, which, not about her. Which may explain the fact that she doesn't tell him anything. Of you know, course. It's, sometimes of it's, course. You, you don't want to talk to people who don't listen. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, my feeling was that her own issues with relations to communication being there or be present in in a relationship quote unquote had more to do with non-romantic things you know it was to me I was just thought this is how she is I know people who you know won't reply your text for for ages what are you trying to say not like you (laughs) no I I just know people who have very very different ways of approaching human beings and each other and friends and and, and it's not necessarily that they're being um, you know malicious it's just it's very complicated to know why they behave the way they do yeah no I I totally agree that I don't think these are two people that are ever going to be destined to be with each other. Yeah. I mean, they just don't communicate on the same web- wavelength. Exactly. 
Like, I've known people like Summer. I've been in a relationship with people like Summer. What is really confusing to him, and I think yeah. after the initial breakup, what's confusing to him is she seems so keen to be his friend and have him in her life, but she doesn't actually do anything or change anything to make it easier. So the idea that they meet on a train and they flirt all night with her kind of knowing that he has these feelings and he is like that for her not to be like hey if we want to start this over again look I'm engaged this is a friendship I know there's all this crap but I'm going to be honest with you for her not to do that is I mean the way I really see it is that he isn't actually as important to her as she has has him to believe she's not willing to sort of question and change and do all these things to have him in her life but do you think that really happened do you think it happened that way let's say there's a reality to this oh yeah I mean oh god that's really confusing that's what I'm saying that's what I'm saying it's I know the film is in a way it's right you could say it's protecting itself you know because by putting it in all in his point of view you you can't really you can say you don't like what you see You, you can say you don't like what he does but you can't say that the film narratively was flawed because uh, you just said his way of his memory is flawed it's skewed do I know if he maybe she didn't mention oh by the way I'm married <laughs> by the way I'm engaged <laughs> no and he just by the way I'm with someone that. Uh, and he just was hopeful wishful thinking he maybe wanted to be back with her I think you're right that yeah. it very well could be that this was another example of the record store thing where you know he he only saw a little bit of her reaction right yeah, yeah. and then when he looks back he remembers that she turned away and yeah. was kind of almost disgusted or yeah, annoyed yeah. by him yeah, yeah, yeah. that being said I do know people like I like Summer and I think it's it's a mix I think she is someone who wasn't willing to put in the kind Mm. of grunt work in that relationship to Mm. make it work Mm. and was never going to say that to him right so what she always portrayed to him was like I'd love to be your friend that would be great you know but no I'll never actually do anything to to make it so we could be friends Um, but you're right in that he didn't make life easier for himself so how do you think this film because you've mentioned that it had some kind of cultural impact. Where do you see the fingers of 500 Days of Summer <laughs> in our current culture, whether it be related to film or just the broader society? Yeah. Well, I mean, I just see it in that you sort of you can make a joke standing in an elevator and be like, you listen to The Shins? I Oh, not The Shins. I'm thinking of that Zach Braff movie, uh-huh. which is really similar. Garden State. Um, Garden State, yeah. <laughs> but like, oh, you listen to The Smiths? I listen to The Smiths. And people will be like, oh, yeah, right. And then it's one of those things that people later have looked back and been like, this is hilarious because all of the things that he thinks they have in common are just like the most common things. It's like, you like puppies, I like puppies. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and to give the film credit, people draw on it to talk about what it is like to be in love with the wrong person, right? To think that having a two-hour conversation about some like quirky thing that you're interested yeah, yeah. means that you're compatible. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true because you can you could waste time trying to prove that because of one thing that someone said to you or that something that you had in common mm. that this person must be the one. I mean, the thing is, the worst thing is that he met her in an elevator or something and they mm-hmm. had that first interaction. And for him, that was, you know, that was something that he could never get away from. And he, he just had to make her the girl that he met in the elevator who they, you know, were together forever. I mean, you can have that. I had that on, mm. on first meeting my partner, but it was because I knew that, okay, I want someone who can talk about their feelings. I want someone who's grown up internationally. I want someone who mm. understands what it's like to be a cultural outsider. So yes, there was the immediate click, right? But there was also that thing of like, do you get where I'm coming from? Not do you like this? Like, do you like going to festivals? Right, <laughs> whatever, right, right, whatever right, I'm not right. into at all. Right. Do you 
understand me when I say I don't fit in, yeah. for example? Or yeah. do you understand me when I say this is what I, I love? This yeah. is why I love people. This yeah. is what I want out of a relationship. Here's another question is, do you think he is getting there, right? I think not. I mean, the last scene in the movie, he meets someone else. What's his name? Autumn? Autumn, yes. Doesn't, so bad. Bode well. What a bad ending to that movie. As a movie, it's bad or within the movie, it's bad? As a as for both. It was, it's, it's, it's bad for him because it just shows that he really hasn't learned anything. Yeah, and yeah. then I'm, I'm a little bit more forgiving towards Summer in that sense because yeah. I'm like, wow. this you, you know, there's hints right at the start of the movie where all these best friends are like, dude, you know, you've done this so many times before. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah. He's not learning anything. Yeah. And, he, and he actually does not treat women that well unless no. they're the woman he's dating, right? So that's when that whore and slut thing comes yeah, up, yeah, right? Yeah, when yeah. he is so dismissive of women who don't like him mm. and yet he expects women who he is in a relationship with him to trust him. Sorry, guy, that's, that, that's not going to work out for you. Yeah, this you movie fits I mean? in like a lineage with films that are, po- that are much greater. But um, there's a long <laughs> history of films that, in which men are shown desperately trying to paint women in a way that suits their own idea yes. I mean, and also it's called life real yeah life. it, it yeah. is real life you know it is um but the, i think that's why there's so many of them is because they're so it's so prevalent you know right the, the weird thing is that the style of the film is almost ecstatic it seems like the person has a very rich at least a rich memory or if not a rich emotional or mm-hmm. imaginative life and to me it, it really bodes poorly because how much is this guy in tune with some kind of reality does he have any sense of insight into how he behaves and what he wants and what he expects the world to give him I don't know why it ends that way because I'm just trying to figure out is the film joyful is it sort of relishing his way of looking at the world is it saying well just hope and dream and uh, hope no. that everyone that everyone you meet may be the one you know is it saying that or is it saying oh my goodness this guy is screwed if the movie is written by a Tom-esque figure mm. I think maybe he was he wrote it at a time when maybe he was just coming to realize kind of his patterns but not completely out of the pattern mm, mm. the movie's like me believing this has made me disconnect with the person I'm trying to impress has made me not understand where the relationship is going has hurt me so much and mm. sent me into this depression mm. but it's so wonderful when it happens that I don't want to let it go like yeah. I don't want to get I don't want to let my vision of falling in love go. And I think he's like, at the end, he is so grappling with that, right? Yeah, yeah. So good film, bad film. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's as good of, it's, 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 it's like the definition of a good film. I mean, it's just. That's so funny. I, I yeah. would say that it's definitely engaging, but yeah. well, it's not as good as 21 Jump Street. But also, I was thinking of Close Up and Cachet, where I'm just like, this is saying something about the human experience yeah. that is profound yeah. and beautiful and yeah. moving. It's not that. Yeah. I, think the difference, I think the difference is that the content of those films is actually powerful. And that the techniques or the cinema that actually is used to transport these ideas to the audience is equally powerful. This movie, I think I at know. its core, it hasn't got much to say. I, Toby, the movie's yeah. central idea yeah. is that our experience of life is completely dictated by film and love stories. And yeah. The whole movie is about him coming to terms or not coming to terms yeah. with that and, and sort of having to rebuild his idea of a relationship. But I don't I don't know whether the the form powerfully did that for me. Is Tom any more in, invested in movies and film than than you know Summer? Oh no no, but he's a character that embodies that. I mean, yeah. you can have you can have a film about so. the destructive power. I guess that's a good point. Yeah. I, I will give you that actually. I'll give you Thank that. You. I'll give you that. Thank you. But okay, yeah, but yeah, fair enough. Still wasn't very powerful. The film itself is really a celebration of what they 
maybe trying to criticize. It's too enamored of pop culture to to maybe divorce to, itself yeah, from to it. Resolve, yeah, to, uh, and to make a critique on how pop culture, in, in, you know, influences the way we, we view, you know, romance and relationships. Anyway, know. I think I think we're actually out of time. Yeah, probably. All right. So if you want to find out more about our podcast, you can go to our website, minorityretortpodcast.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also find us on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye. Bye.